Jennifer Levy, and you're listening to the Scout Archives. We are introducing today a new segment on the Scout Archives called Cultural Zeitgeist Experts, where I speak to some of my friends and colleagues about an impactful piece of art and culture. They may not have been directly a part of it, but that doesn't mean they don't have something to say about it. Today's expert, favorite guest on the podcast, actor, fashion encyclopedia, creator of the SATC Breakdown Instagram page, and best friend, Max Weinstein. The cultural zeitgeist moment, the hit HBO television series, Sex and the City. I miss ya. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like really, this is a long time for us to not it's crazy. see each other. A really long time. Um, really long. Before we delve into this, this real, real monster of um, a topic for a, <laughs> for a quarantine, um, yeah. I want to know how you're doing in quarantine. What have you been doing? You're, you have roommates, but you're in New York City. You're alone. Yeah, I'm in New York City. I'm in my apartment. Thank God, I'm not totally alone. Yeah. If my uh, if my roommate wasn't here, I'd probably be stir crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister always said that she always made fun of me as a kid. Like, God, you could really be in a room by yourself for hours and be entertained. <laughs> and it's true. And that's a good thing right now. Like, I my kind of like mental state and my disposition and just like how I operate like actually works. I, I'm doing pretty well during quarantine. Like, I love alone time. I love, I'm like, okay, I could do some writing. I'll go for a walk. I'm doing all the Sex in the City stuff is, is certainly taking a lot of time, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. So um, I really feel like I'm doing as good as uh, one could possibly be doing, given the fact that they haven't left their apartment except for a walk here and there in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of my, like a lot of our friends, um, are similar to us in the way that it's like they can be an extrovert when they need to be an extrovert or they don't feel uncomfortable being an extrovert when they have to be in like social settings but really at their core they're pretty introverted totally yeah yeah it's well it's just like being with yourself I've just I do I love being alone I've always had a good sense too of like you need to know what your needs are so I can always tell when I'm like okay I've been by myself for too long I need to have a social interaction or when I'm like okay I've been really been seeing a lot of people I need like some me time yeah I think it's like knowing the balance but yeah that's interesting that a lot that kind of like well I think it's a I think it makes sense for I think it makes sense for creatives to be like that because especially like people who are more outward like you need all that social time, but at the same time, you need to be alone to, like, recharge yourself. So mm-hmm. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's true. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm being really productive. I feel kind of bad. I, I mean, listen, I don't... D- don't feel bad. No, definitely don't feel bad. That, I, don't feel bad. I mean, I'm in a very, very privileged position because I'm, you know, with my family who, you know, we all really get along. We know how to be alone together for long yeah. periods of time. We aren't really bothered by each other we're safe, we're away from the city, like, you know, it's not, we have the best case scenario scenario over here, but... But I um, don't think, I mean, guilt isn't, like, productive, though, like, it's good to, like, like, certainly be grateful, and I think, like, gratitude during all this is huge for everyone, but then that's all you can do is, is have gratitude, don't feel guilty that you're in good health, and that you, 
are able to have, you know, a home and food and have creative, productive time. I don't, you know, like it's, yeah, no, being guilty is not good. Yeah, I don't think guilt true. is ever good. That's Ugh, I feel like we always get too, like, <laughs> too sappy it's always on these like things. we're doing, like we're doing a podcast and it's like, oh great, now Max is going to get philosophical, but it's just like nice to like get into it. Why? We always talk about these things anyway. That's what I'm saying. We always get into it. It's just like, we always get into it. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're sitting I on my guilt, couch. I think guilt is a very useless emotion and yeah. I try to not have it a lot. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, Guilt, regret, shame. (laughs) Who needs any of them? (laughs) Um, Well, okay, also before we launch in, I've been asking people a lot about, like, um, what songs they've been into recently, what kind of music they've been listening to while they are quarantining. Do you have, like, one or two songs that you want to share? Um... They could be throwbacks, too. You know, I don't know. It really just, like, it always, like, depends on the day. I mean, the other day on my Instagram, I had this whole, like, Natasha Bedingfield moment. Mm -hmm. So, like, Love Like This, I was listening to for a couple days for sure. I mean, a lot of Dua Lipa, like, because she just released, well, she released her new album. Mm -hmm. So the gays are all dying. Um, It's, like, a good, it's a good mix of, like, upbeat, fun, like, dance music and, like, spiritual, piano, instrumental, comp music. It's, like, very 50-50 right now. Great. Love that. Love to see that. Okay, let's dive in. Okay. So let me just give a little preface for those who don't know. (laughs) Um, So Max is – I feel like they're – well, actually, this happens in every – no matter when you were born, no matter what stage of life you're in, there was a movie or a TV show or some sort of media that – you know every word to you know every outfit you 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 mm-hmm. covet this obsession with a specific uh, part of this medium. And, you meaning um, anyone or you meaning me? You meaning anyone? Yeah, I think. or well, people or just people like us. Like sure, maybe it's just people. Maybe it's just like the crazy people. I just feel well, like I it's mean, something that it's just we like have a, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a thing. We're maybe it isn't. Though. We are. Yeah, we are excessive, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we're both. (laughs) We're both, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I just feel like there's there is a um, a real love for these things, and we really just like we take really good care of our TV shows that we love so much, and we watch them over and over again, and we discover new things about them. And so I get excited when people are so excited about something similar to the way that I feel about like Gossip Girl or Girls. When you talk, when Max talks about Sex in the City, it is, um, it's like otherworldly. It really has a, a wealth of knowledge behind every <laughs> statement, every comment about the clothes, about the lines, about the acting, about the writing, about the behind the scenes moment that we never get to see. Max ha- somehow knows it all. So, um, <laughs> before we that. like talk about, um, your personal, um, tiktok slash instagram moment um Mm -hmm. i want to hear about when you first found sex in the city like i yeah no totally when you first Um, found out about it what what you liked what you maybe like weren't so into at first i don't know if that's even a thing this is this is fun legs because we actually haven't talked about this before yeah um it was always kind of it was always in my ear and in my head um 
because I have relatives who were supportive of me being into the arts and into fashion from a really young age Mm -hmm. and relatives who loved the show. So I remember from a very young age always hearing like, oh my God, he'll love Sex in the City when he's old enough. Or like he, like everyone was always kind of talking about it. My aunts and uncles, Mm. my mom, my mom loves Sarah Jessica Parker. Love. So Mm -hmm. I was raised in a house where like, you love Sarah Jessica Parker. And I remember, (laughs) I remember, I was so, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. I was in second grade and she had just done a Gap campaign. SJP. And SJP had done a Gap campaign. It was called like Pretty Khaki. And there was an insert of the advertisement from like a newspaper that was on the kitchen table. And I remember just like seeing this woman and I was like, who's that? And my mom was like, oh, that's Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh my God. Jan. <laughs> like really, like Jan left her. Jan's ringtone to her cell phone for a long time was dun, 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 dun. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh like way God. years and years and years before I ever became obsessed with the show, like that was my mom's ringtone for a couple of years. And it's funny because my like if you know my mom, for a ringtone to be that paints a different picture of who she is. Like totally. I feel like that makes her out to be like the mom from Mean Girls. But like my mom could not be farther from that. She's yeah. like the sweetest, like She's, like, urban hippie and, like, super into whole foods and natural, like, my whole life. But she just always loved Sex in the City and Sarah Jessica Parker. So that was the ringtone. Um, wow. My, when I was, how old was I? My uncle and aunt, who live in Manhattan and have always lived in Manhattan, they got, they've been, like, together for a long time, but they got married when I was maybe, like, 10 and they got married in Williamsburg at C, which is the restaurant where um, Smith and Samantha meet. So that's supposed to be raw. Wait. Raw, yes. Okay. So raw is, I think it's still open. It's called C and it's a restaurant in Williamsburg. It has like the huge Buddha and like the pool with the lily pads and whatever. And my uncle and aunt got married there. That's so crazy. And this was when, like, Williamsburg was, like, like it was in the show. Like, Williamsburg was not, like, a happening place. But so I remember being young and being like, oh, how fun. Like, they filmed an episode of Sex in the City. Those same aunts and uncles that were like, you're going to love Sex in the City when you're older because I was, like, showing them sketches and I was into fashion from such a young age. So it actually was always in the air. Wow. And then... I'm trying to think when I first started watching it. I remember... I, I was, think I was like a junior in high school and we had HBO and I just started watching it on HBO. And I was so obsessed. Like, I remember the... I think it's the third or fourth episode. And the episode ends... It's three or four. The episode ends with um, Carrie's talking to Big and she's like call me and then she walks away and then she like turns around and says damn and the voiceover says it would have been so cool if I hadn't turned around yes. or if I hadn't looked back or yes, something like when that. he's under the table yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like and I remember when I that was like one of the first times I saw it and I was like that was the moment that like hooked me in I was like okay this is not 
your normal show. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is this? That's really interesting. And then on top of that, I mean, I've had a Vogue subscription since I was in fourth or fifth grade. So, like, I... Every, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker has been on a million Vogue covers. Vogue did the huge, 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 huge spread about the movie yeah. years before I even saw the movie. So it was always, yeah, it was always there. And I kind of always loved it even before I knew it. And then once I knew it and I really fell in love with it, I mean, I've been just consistently watching it really since junior, senior year. Did I just you, never really stopped watching it. Did you watch it all? Like, when I first started watching Sex and the City, it was, it was like, my parents watched Sex and the City together. Like, my dad knows everything about Sex and the City, and, like, it, it would be on in my house a lot. But when I first sat down to, like, watch it, it was always on on um, the... Uh, the e. e channel, yep, yeah, on yeah. E, and it would be random episodes, so I would only catch like one or two episodes, and I was kind of, I knew about certain things that happened before I started watching the entire thing in its entirety, but yes. I'm wondering, did that happen for you, or you, or were you like, no, I'm gonna actively sit down and watch the entire thing? Well, it was a little bit of both because if I remember correctly. HBO on demand, like Comcast on demand days, mm-hmm. I think they maybe had like one season at a time. Okay. So I would watch, I would watch whatever season, I think I started watching like season one and then I would intercut it with whatever was on E until the next full season was on, on demand wow. or maybe several seasons. I don't really remember, but it wasn't too long before I feel like I had seen the entire series. Got it. Got it. And I remember also, too, I remember, I think it was several years after, but this article came out, this New Yorker article came out about, like, how Sex and the City went from being, like, revered in pop culture to being kind of, like, the butt of the joke. Mm. And a huge reason in that article was the reruns that are edited. And it's this really, it's a great article. It talks about how, like, the show is so well structured, right? Yeah. So when you take the structure and you have to pluck out 10 to 15 minutes, it loses its everything because those, the scenes that are getting taken now are the sex scenes, oh, yeah. which are hugely important to pacing and humor, hugely important, and or the scenes that, like, are just really not that important to main plot that could be easily cut. But, like, nothing is for nothing. The show is made, obviously, with so much thought in mind. The show, you can't cut it. So I've started... I stopped watching those E-versions, like, pretty early on. And, like, whatever I can, I tell people to don't... Like, don't watch it on E. If you can watch it on Amazon Prime or HBO, like, do it because... It's a 10 times better show. That was not an English sentence. The show is 10 times better. Yeah. That's so... (laughs) When you watch it in full. I totally forgot that they did. That makes so much sense. I don't even know why. Oh my God, the sex scenes are everything. The sex scenes are like the humor. I mean, I I literally haven't watched... uh, I haven't watched Sex and the City on E since when I was... You know, since I was in like the 7th or 8th grade and I was watching it. So I didn't even put together that that was missing because I just didn't... I loved right. it so much. I didn't even care oh, love. about yeah. the sex scenes and all that stuff. But I'm now that I know, I'm sure if I were to go back and watch it, I'd be like, this is so weird. Yeah, yeah. Also, because we know the episode so well that, like, right. I, I know what's missing. Yeah. Um, but I think, too, I think there's kind of... Um, there kind of seems to be the general consensus of, like, 
now that streaming services are so huge maybe this is just me because i'm so keyed in i'm very much trying to like revive like no this show is a genius i think the show seems to be having a renaissance right now i'm not just saying with me i'm just saying over the past couple years there seem to be more and more podcasts out there seem to be more and more conversation about the fact that it's a great show and i feel like we're past the hump of where we were several years ago where it's like yeah but the show well the show's tacky the show's blah 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 i feel like now we're back into a okay let's look at it through all these different lenses and because it's fantastic that might just be me because that's how i'm looking at it i don't know what the general consensus is but that's what it seems to me do you think there's another show that uh mirrors the same kind of like cultural zeitgeisty thing that uh sex in the city did Ooh, you know mm. I don't think in that way. I don't think in that way. Like, I haven't... I mean, like, when Girls first came out... I was just going to say, I was like, I know you're going to say Girls, just say it. When Girls first came out, it did... Well, no, because part of me was like, I didn't see Euphoria, so I don't know if people feel like Euphoria captures now. Mm. When Girls came out, it certainly felt, like, really, really, really fresh. Yeah. And, like, of the times, of that kind of, like, 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. it was later than that. It was later. It was, like, 2012, 2013. Right, I was right, a freshman. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it did. I mean, it I felt fresh know. to me, and I wasn't even 24, and I was like, I know that this is going to be what I'm like when I'm 24. Yeah, it did, <laughs> feel, it did feel really, really fresh. Um, I was going to say Sex that... Sex in the City, though, is, like, Sex in the City is so... I was thinking about the... <laughs> I was actually thinking about this this morning when I woke up. The reason... It never stops. The The grind never stops. No, my brain really never stops. And also, too, part of this quarantine has been a real realization and a real understanding of how my mind works because I have so much time to be with it Mm -hmm. that I'm, like, really... I've always known that I've had, like, not quite a photographic memory, but, like kind of close and like just like an auditory chamber in my brain but this quarantine has really made me realize like no max your recall is 10 times crazier than most people's um Hmm. which is good i think yeah so i was thinking about how one of the reasons i love the show so much and i think it resonates so much is because it's it's the last the show exists right on like the dawn of the technology era so when we look mm-hmm. at their outfits, it's recognizable enough. It's not 80s tacky costume. It's not 90s grunge costume. It's late 90s recognizable enough, but in a world with no social media. So mm-hmm. to me, part of the reason why I love it is because it feels like this almost fantasy parallel universe that was actually just 20 years ago of like, you could like live your life in New York City in this fun way, but there was no modern 21st century, like, tech millennial stress. Got it. Yeah, that's actually very true. Like, I think what we're all longing for, or what at least I and you and a lot of our friends, is, like, to recreate what things feel like on that show. To go out to lunch outside in the West Village in May and actually like be present and like enjoy the city because like none of them had phones that's true but also but don't you think that also there has there's something to be said for the fact that they were in their 30s and we're in their in in our 20s Mm. yeah that's a really good point too yeah 
Yeah, they're fully adults. Like I they're assume like that I'm adults. I assume I'm gonna be drinking wine in the outdoor West Village bar at thirty five. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe but I will. That's another, but that's interesting too, because sometimes I try to look at the show and like take off the lens of it being a recognizable thing. If you didn't know that this was an iconic show and iconic visual tropes, what would it look like to see four 35 year old women always together in the way that they do? Because mm-hmm. like when I see four women, like yeah. I've said before, if four women are walking next to each other on the street, I will like roll my eyes. And I have sometimes said like, okay, this isn't sex in the city. Like you can't block the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it totally. <laughs> so what? So on the one hand, it's like, oh my god, they're so fab, but it brings up a good point because also like you don't, I feel like you don't often see like adult women mm-hmm. all together. Am yeah. I crazy, or do you like when do you see three to four like women in their thirties like out and about in New York? Like not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot at all. Isn't that interesting? Well, I guess you would have to go back and see how many times on the sidewalk they were all together, all four of them arm in arm, as opposed to two. Yeah, there's a lot of twos. You're right. You're mm, that's a great point, Lex. Yeah, it's mostly twos. There are not a lot of four moments. So I don't know. I love the four moments, and they're usually when they're like when they can spread out. When it's like at a bar, or when it's like at a picnic. I love the three moments. The three mo- oh, the three far- moments are gold. They're few and far between, but I really like the three moments. I think my favorite three moment is the one when Charlotte's getting married and they're all walking and they're like, well, like one's, we're the last of the single ladies now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's such a Charlotte thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite three moment, I think. Yeah, when they leave, um, when they leave her engagement party. Yeah. Oh my God, she's in that stunning blue dress. <laughs> And then she says, I love it. I just watched that episode when she's like, Bunny, I'm worth a million. It's like, you, sis, you get that million in your prenup. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Bunny. Ugh, God. Ugh, I know. Okay, let's, since we're talking about clothes, do you have a fa- favorite outfit? That's hard. I mean, my default favorite outfit, I will always say, is season two, episode 15, shortcomings, end of the episode. It's the gray bodycon dress it's mm-hmm. the ray-ban aviators yeah. and it's the vintage tan gucci purse it's my go-to favorite because it's just like the most modern the most could be on the street right now and i would go chic yeah it's very it's, cool yeah i think it's my go it's the profile picture for the for my sex in the city breakdown insta account it's i love i just love God, I don't know what mine. Well, actually, I do. My favorite What's is yours? Miranda. <laughs> Miranda. <Stop. laughs> do you know what I'm gonna say? Miranda no, well, in I the park with the bucket hat with and the, the hood. hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite, hands down. I think that yeah. really is. I just love. I just I love her so much. But of like Carrie's outfits, since she really was the most like far out there, I think in terms of her clothing. Oh, God, you know what I really do love, actually? I love her jacket that's the different colors. It's like the color-blocking coat. She wears oh, it the suede. The yeah. suede patchwork mm-hmm. clip. Yeah, season three when she meets Aiden. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I do like mm. that one a lot. And I like... I know. I, that's not a favorite one of mine, and everyone always gives me flack. They're like, you, it's just not It's just not my favorite. But it's a... I mean, it's a gorgeous coat. It's a great coat. You it's, can't just it's just memorable. I don't know that it's total, like... No, you're allowed I, to love. I, I just... Love- Oh, I'm just in the minority. Wait, scratch that, scratch that. No, my favorite is the newspaper dress. 
for sure. Oh my god, iconic. I think that's mine. Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. Um, with no bra too, and that slow mo walk, and it, the boobs are just, just bouncing in slow mo. And then, like, even though we like kind of kind of turn a blind eye to to the movies when she comes out in the you know. Rep- reprising her role in the uh, newspaper dress when they're going on the date. In the movie. Yeah, in the movie. I love yeah, that, major. too. Even no, though we, I mean, you know. I do love... I think the best part about the movie... I mean, both. The second movie is, like, woof. But the first movie I do enjoy, but I think the, the clothes are what make the movies. Even Obviously. if they're too... Even if they're too decadent sometimes. Yeah. I mean... The souks. They're stunning. <laughs> The, <laughs> the, the skirt and the suit. That Dior, love that Dior shirt. It's that amazing. Suit. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. Okay, favorite episode of all time. Okay. Mm. I don't even know mine. No, I, I do think I, I do think I know mine. Um, well, it's a it, it's a mix. It's either from season two. Okay. Uh, episode 15 or episode 16, which is shortcomings and um, was it good for you? The one I just broke down. Mm-hmm. So both of those episodes I love, they're kind of in between a major boyfriend. So she dates Vaughn, the short story writer, and then Patrick Casey, who's like a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And at the end has the whole allusion to Streetcar Named Desire. It's I just did a whole breakdown about it. It actually is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> If not, so it's a tie between those two and uh, season four. We've talked about it. I don't, I forget the name, but it's the one when Aiden's moving in with the Cavalli. Yeah, the Rogaine. Yeah, with the Rogaine and the speed stick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, what's the name of... What's the name of that episode? I think it's season three, no? No, it's season four. No, it's it's season four, because it's with Aiden. And it's... Here, I'm looking it's it up right, right now. It's right before Change of Address, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's right before Change of Address. Which also, I love Change of Address. Yeah, that's a great episode, I, My, my browser's not working. Is, wait, is Change of Address the one... That's the one where she with says the, no thanks. When she has... Oh, I was thinking of Ring-a-Ding-Ding. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. We love Ring-a-Ding-Ding, too. Well, that's the money one. That's when she has to ask. Ring a ding ding is the money one. Let's get into yeah. Yeah. Um. Wait. Change of address. I think is the episode I'm talking about. No, that's when she realizes. Oh, that that's she when they. That's when, right. 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 I think it's right before the that. good fight. Yeah, the good fight. The good fight. Mm-hmm. Season yeah. season four, episode thirteen. I. It's. St- there are so many. Stunning shot. Um. Samantha and Richard yeah. on that rooftop pool. Yeah. It's iconic. Is beautiful. <laughs> and of course, um, I looked it up. That rooftop pool is right on Broadway, like a block up from the Tisch building. Oh, that's so strange. Yeah. How random. Yeah. God. So that the outfits in this episode are like really mostly beautiful. Um I love just the whole dynamic between her and Aiden. I love their outfits when they go to dinner at Charlotte's. And the final scene with the whole Cavalli and she's just like walking down the street on Perry when the sun is kind of setting and that Sade song, it's like, I, I don't know. it. Um, in a way that upset me, I found, I don't want to get like too personal, but it, 
some a lot of things in that episode like actually really resonated with me emotionally hmm. in a way that surprised me uh, and caught me off guard, and it really kind of like shot me in the feels. And I can't say Second City always shoots me deep in the feels. Yeah, but yeah. something about something about that episode and what is going on um, with Samantha, ironically enough. Uh, just like really gets me, and then it ends with that beautiful scene with her leaving the Cavalli, and, and isn't that also so? What you doing in there? Yeah, of course. Are you kidding? Yeah, so like, so like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes what you once you ask what you need for, you get what you need. You don't need it anymore, and then she walks out. Toodaloo! You love the plant. Yeah, we love the plant with the the plant was just, not so lucky. Toodaloo! <laughs> oh, and then she just struts down Perry towards the blazing sunset. It's just. Yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah. It really is. It's a is. great episode. I'm like getting... That actually might be my favorite too. We... Well, you and I, we have... That would make sense because like girls listening, everyone listening, like <laughs> she's not just saying that because you and I have talked about that episode. We have fully done the entire dialogue between <laughs> yeah. Carrie and Aiden. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> that's my stuff. Don't you... <laughs> Going through my stuff. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great episode. I really do love that episode, but I also love. I mean, I do, I do love. That's so funny. Those two other episodes are my favorites too. I love Patrick Casey. I love um, Vaughn. Love. Like I love those two episodes so much, and I think she looked really good in those episodes. Oh my god! Yes, dude, dude. <sighs> I talked about that in the breakdown that I just posted. I said, I said there are sometimes. Well. Where she, it's like a couple episodes in a row where she's just like exceptionally, especially stunning. Yeah. And season two, those two episodes in two, and also kind of ironically enough, those ones that we were just talking about in season four. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks stunning when she, she really I mean, does. We're talking the white gown with her structural hair in front of the fountain with John Corbett. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, um, what are some of her other outfits? Oh, episode 14 in season four, right around there, is when she goes out with Oliver Spencer. She's like, and she oh, goes yeah. to Bungalow Way. Oh, she my God, yeah. At the club when her hair is up. Her makeup is stunning. Like, so I think some of our, yeah, like, I'm not going to say that my one of my favorite episodes is like when she's looking a little, there are some episodes where for some reason she's just like looking a little not great. Yeah, there's Where, some. Like, the there's some. Really yeah, we, it's a hair thing because it's the it's the Lindsay Lohan circa Freaky Friday highlights that are happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's right. So there's the season three, which I don't love when she has those red undertones, which is what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't love that. And there's also a moment in, I think it's a different part of season four, if I'm correct where her hair is kind of like blonde and flat, and her makeup just looks really kind of like intense and. Yeah, that's when she's working for Vogue, isn't it? Isn't it when she works at Vogue? It's, what I actually think it is, is season, in a weird way, still in season four, right before those episodes we were just talking about that we loved. Okay, so right before Aiden comes in. Right before Aiden comes back, I think she's looking a little, yeah, but... But yeah, I mean, the aesthetics and the visuals are such a huge part of the show that yeah. for it for me to say that it's my favorite episode, it's not in large part, but definitely partially because of 
how she's looking and what her hair looks like. I mean, that's a huge part of the show. Yeah, it is. I will say, though, despite the way her hair looks in the first episode with Aiden, the ifs, ands, or buts one, I think that also might be my favorite, too. Just because I love Aiden so much, God. Yeah, I I just love Aiden so much. And I also, but my favorite. You should give that dog dog a chew toy. Yeah, it's just so good. (laughs) So good. Um, So good. That's a great one. And then. I was thinking this is my that, favorite. This is my favorite piece in the shop. Oh God, it's so good! I, I just got a couple questions. Do you? Uh, <laughs> where can I deliver it? And uh, can I take you out sometime? <laughs> when can um, you have it? I can get it to you by the end of the week. In New York, that meant I kind of like you too. Um, but I was thinking my favorite scene. Like, wait, I was thinking while you were talking that my favorite scene of all time. Oh, I think one of my favorite scenes of the entire um, show is when they're at the furniture they have the booth and she's the booth bitch (laughs) and they run into big and he tells her that like natasha that it's not working out and she's like i'm a booth bitch i love that one too i think the best the best episodes plot wise and like the best episodes plot wise are the affair in season three i agree i think those are kind of like the most riveting episodes Mm -hmm. dramatically that's what it is it's that i mean the aesthetics are still good and not that the dramatics isn't good in those other episodes but the sheer dramatics what is happening with the plot with these characters is the most engaging in those couple big affair episodes in season three yeah i mean so good it is really great yeah it's so good the whole thing with the smoking and like when she's not smoking and when she is smoking and it, they just it really creates an accurate sense of danger yeah. like you just really do feel the suspense yeah you feel the suspense you feel the illicitness of all of it you feel right before the affair happens it feels dangerous like they're treading murky waters and you as a viewer are like oh we're, we're in murky waters. Yeah, like, no, we're totally. Like, yeah. And I think um, I actually grew up, too, with um, the box set DVDs, mm. so which have director commentary. Oh, God. So wow. I just was thinking about that. So a lot of the knowledge that I have, too, comes from me somehow remembering things that the directors said on the director cuts wow yeah damn that's crazy yeah that's like yeah. the kind of stuff i used to do with gossip girl love yeah it's what we both did with double Wars prada just, love exactly yeah yeah it's what i do with yeah. girls too i will say girls was similar to sex and city in that i i don't think that there is a season that i'm not willing to watch of sex in the city and girls i do feel yeah. that way about gossip girl i hate to say it but like season five is just downright rough for me to get through <laughs> Um, anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, let's see. Stay tuned for part two, where Max explains which one of the four girls he relates to most, and which of Carrie's one-episode dates we love the most.